0: morning. Y'all will be turning to Psalm 44. Psalm 44. Some of y'all may know Brother Mark. He's back home again. And uh, Gwen, they got him set up where she can switch out his IVs. he got to have uh, four different IVs with medication in them a day. Uh, and so I'll try to reach out to him today. And if they need help with uh, the to leave the house for an hour or something, go get groceries or we can get it for them. And I thought, you know what? I'll go down there and sit with him so she can come to services. But it'd be kind of self-defeating. <laughs> if, they, if they need any, any help, I'll sure let you all know. Here in Psalm 44, we looked at those first eight verses last week. And you remember, we don't know who wrote this Psalm. It doesn't say David wrote it. It doesn't say Asaph wrote it. It doesn't say Moses wrote it. And that's good. Because that may not apply to a king or to a servant. That could apply to us, doesn't it? This could be applied right to where we live and meet us where we are. It says in verse one, We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days in the in the times of old. And it keeps talking about what the Lord's done for them. Verse 2, how thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand, and you planted them. Our fathers, they told us about this. You drove out, drove out the heathen, and, and you planted them by rivers of still water. Didn't how thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arms save them. How were they saved? But thy right hand and thine arm And the light of thy countenance, that's who did it. You did it. Your right hand, Christ your right hand. Christ your strong arm. Christ the light is who saved them. Because thou hadst a favor unto them. Because you wanted to. (laughs) You was gracious to whom you would be gracious. You showed mercy when you felt like showing mercy. And we're thankful. Cause of that, verse 4. Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. Salvation's a command. The Lord speaks it. You're mine. And that's it. It's done. But that's plural, isn't it? Command deliverances. If we're to be delivered eternally, the Lord has to command it. And it's not in us. It's not by our sword. It's not by our doing. He does it. And day to day. Hour to hour, minute by minute. If I'm going to be delivered out of whatever it is I'm in, he has to do it. And He command, He just speaks. You don't need to come to my house, Lord. That's what that uh, centurion said. Didn't it? You don't even have to come down here. He sent somebody to talk on his behalf. You just say it. You just will it. and It'll be done. Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies. I'm not going to push down my enemies. Oh, Lord, save me. Now I can overcome and conquer. Uh, No, through you, through thy name, will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save thee. I own a bow. You get that? There's, There's the possession of a sword. But if that's the means that's used, I'll know it's not me and it's not my doing, it's your doing. It's, that's what he told Hosea, wasn't it? I wrote it down just last second. I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and will save them by the Lord their God and will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, nor by horses, nor by horsemen. He's going save them by the Lord your God. That's what he says. I will not trust to my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. You've done all this. What enemies? Those bad people down the street? all no, worse than that. You've saved us from our enemies of the law. That's the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. You've saved us, the enemies of sin. That's what we are. Uh, enemies of our nature, what we're born with. Enemies of death, enemies of punishment, enemies of hell, of eternity. You've saved us. Thou hast saved us from our enemies. Thou hast put them to shame. That hate us. In God we boast all the day long. Why well, pick Jesus. That's you boasting in you. I let him save me. Well, then you're in charge. That's not right. What's this one say? What's this child of God say? In God we boast most of the day. No, all the day. That new creation in us. If he saved us, if he's worked in us, this is a horrible thing that's happened to us. No, it's good. God sent it. This is miserable. Why? Uh, 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 God wouldn't do this. Yes, he would. He's on his throne. He rules and reigns all things or we're in trouble. Big trouble. God sent this. We boasted him all the day long and praise thy name forever. Thank you, Lord. You did right. You're holy. You're just. You're good. No matter what. Sila. Pause. That musical term. Stop. Take breath. Think on that. That's where we stopped last week, wasn't it? If we could just live in those first eight verses every day, boy, wouldn't that be nice? That's not our life, though. We can't live on mountaintops. You, you're you up above 10,000 feet, they call that the tree line. Nothing grows above that. There's no growth on mountaintops. Where's all the sediment and all the nutrients? That runs down. It's down in the valley, isn't it? I don't like being down in the valley. It's dark and cold and wet. and Yep, it's miserable, isn't it? And that's where the Lord's going to grow you. You want some spiritual growth, you're going to have to go through some deep waters, ain't you? You go down in the ocean. We saw the Titanic stuff this week. And, and these metal pieces, big brass, beautiful, like sextants and compass heads and all this stuff. It got down there, there's 6,000 PSI where that Titanic's sitting. And it just bent it like a piece of paper. Just crumbled it up. Sometimes the Lord may take us through deep water. Make us swim down real low. I pray he doesn't. But that might be what's best. That's needed, isn't it? Here are these next eight verses. So all those first eights is wonderful. These next eight, you notice the psalmist here declares what the Lord does. The Lord does it. But it's not what he's done for us. He's talking about what he's done to us. That's when we get a problem, you know, when we start belly aching and murmuring against God. Job didn't say, well, the devil did all these bad things to me. Satan did this. No, he said the Lord did it. The Lord gave and the Lord took away. He didn't say the Lord gave and Satan took away. Lord gave and the Lord takes away, blessed be his name in look at verse nine, but thou hast cast off and put us to shame, and goest not forth with our armies. thou makest us to turn back from the enemy, and they which hate us spoil for themselves. Lord we're losing battles. Now we bless your name all the day long, but we ain't winning. The Lord never chastens his children without a cause. Lord never chastens his children without a cause. We're not chastened uh, or afflicted unless he has a holy purpose for it. And there was never a time I thought about it. There was never a time I was chastened I didn't have it coming. I didn't deserve it, whether by my earthly father or my heavenly father. Uh, Dad didn't whip me because he didn't know half the stuff I did. I got away with it. I can never charge God with folly if he sends me a chastening trial or strong affliction nor can you physically Israel they had a whole lot of victories in those battles didn't they but those mountaintop moments you had too many of those you start thinking you climbed up that mountain you start thinking you did it too much sun is not good for you you need some cloud and some rain it's not good for a garden it's not good for people is it you have sunstroke sun's getting to them been out in the desert too long isn't it too many mountaintops and we get light headed Verse 11 says, Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat. You just feel turned over like our enemies just compass about. They're more than the hairs of my head. And have scattered us among the heathen. Remember when Stephen was stoned, Saul of Tarsus went down there and held her coats. And says, Saul made havoc of the church entering to every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison. Therefore they were scattered abroad. When Saul come to town he was persecuting the church he come down and and it was scattered the, the church among the heathen didn't he they had to run for run for their lives was killing people and it says they were therefore scattered raw and went everywhere preaching the word preaching the word lord you've scattered us sometimes that's good he scattered sometime a point he scattered the gospel all the way down to san diego county can you imagine that? It's so painful. I've seen it happen in our lifetime. It'll happen again, as unless the Lord comes. But there are times, even in our day, that the churches, the Lord raises up a church. He raises up a lot in a community, and then he, he busts that up. He scatters it, and he uses that to, to raise up other lights on other hills. does not it? Didn't he send trial and affliction here? And he sent some of his people to Kentucky and he sent some of his people to Florida and he sent some of his people here and there and all over the world, didn't it? We got a brother over in the Middle East right now. (laughs) Hopefully, we'll be home next month. Sometimes the Lord does that. He scatters that. And that's his goodwill and purpose. While it's happening, oh, it hurts. While it's happening, we cry out to him. But afterwards, don't you thank him? You thank him? From time to time, God has to send affliction to scatter his sheep, or we would all just huddle up together and not go nowhere. We would just sit in our houses and never leave, never go nowhere. And if he wants his gospel and Timbuktu, uh, he's going to bust, bust up something and send it there, isn't he? It said in verse 12, Thou sellest thy people for naught, and dost not increase thy wealth by their price. You're just selling your people, not even for a price. We ain't worth nothing, I know that, but... It was like you just gave us away. That's seeing things from our point of view, isn't it? The Lord raised up Pharaoh. For what cause? Just to show his power. Well, I can't, I can't see that as a good thing. We're looking at it from our eyes, from our point of view, not from his point of view. You see that? The Lord knows all things. He commands all things. He, every molecule that's ever moved throughout time has went where he wanted it, or he's not God. Our God is God, isn't it? Verse 13, thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. That's so. That's so. We're hated among the world, isn't it? And I'm I'm not talking about quote-unquote Christians and quote-unquote modern times. (laughs) They'll hate you too. They'll string you up, they get a chance. Start telling them there's a holy God and and we're all sinners and he saves whom he will. And he sits on his throne and does what he will and we're going to bow to him. He's the king. You better watch it. (laughs) Get mad, won't Didn't we just see that in in John 15? He said, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant's not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. For if they've kept my sayings, also keep yours. These things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. They don't know God. Kevin, that's a strong thing. I didn't say it. God said it. God said they don't know God. That's why they hate him. Verse 14, thou makest us. Who's doing all the making? He is. Who's that concern? Us. Us. Thou makest us a byword among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the people. People how many heads I had shook at me? Like, they'd be like, you fly over this whole nation to go out to California to preach? Ain't they got somebody between New Jersey and California to come out there? That's Them heads start shaking. What well, do you mean you can't move to Hawaii? There ain't no gospel there. Well, why don't you go someplace where it's cheap? <laughs> they wag their heads, don't they? Just a byword among the heathen. We know that's temporal. Those are temporal things, aren't they? And I tell you what, I live it. Don't you? That, 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 those things, Put those things away, Kevin. Yeah, I know. My dad always was famous for telling us, pay no attention to it. Dad, my leg hurts. Pay no attention to it. I can't stand that sound. It's driving me nuts. Pay no attention to it. <laughs> well, it's easier said than done, isn't it? We still live these things. My name's still by a byword among the heathen. They still shake their heads at me. I'm not real. Feelings come and feelings go, and I have them. Don't you? There's times I feel happy, times I feel sad. And as old Don said, we laugh at puppy love, but puppy love's real to the puppy, ain't it? All these things are on purpose. We're not going to be ashamed. We know that, don't we? Paul told us in Romans 10, For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth him shall not be ashamed. They're wagging their heads. They're mocking us. But us shall not be ashamed if we've believed on him. Doesn't that, isn't that confusing when you feel ashamed and you feel neglected and you feel like you can't win a war to save your life? You're losing the battle. Lord, you've just hid your face from us. But I know what your word says. We won't be ashamed. We're not left alone. Is that confusing to you? Does that confuse you? Look at verse 15. My confusion... Is continually before me. That's my guilt and shame also, but also just being confused. It's like I got two different people inside of my body, isn't it? An old man and a new man. And the shame of my face hath covered me, for the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth by reason of the enemy and avenger. All all this stuff, this reproach that's going on, this blasphemy that's going on. I'm confused by like those men that was rowing in the boat. The Lord said, Go over there. Go to the other shore. And they got in the boat and they rowed, and the storm came. And the winds were blowing and the waves were crashing. And that boat was about to get ripped apart. And they thought, I'm right here where you told me to go, Lord. I'm doing what you told me to do. You going to kill me? You going to starve me to death now? It's confusing, isn't it? Job said that. He said in Job 10, if I be wicked, woe unto me. But if I be righteous, yet will I not lift up my head? I'm full of confusion, therefore see thou mine affliction. Look at my affliction and being confused. He said, it increaseth. Thou huntest me as a fierce lion, Lord. What's the profit in that? What benefit does that have for the Lord to hunt his people like a fierce lion? He said, and again thou showest thyself marvelous upon me. I'm confused. When I look to me, this is bad. And then I see your marvelousness one more time. That's good, And What's the one big difference between verses eight and these these second set of first eight and the second set of eight? The focus went from praising the Lord to eyes on him and, and what he's done for us to the focus being on us and what he's doing to us. You see it not his promise promises, but his providence. And we try to interpret God by providence. Uh, knuckleheads and heretics all around this nation right now are said, oh, well, uh, if you read this in Revelation, that means Biden and that means Trump. And they oh all hogwash. Hush oh, it. Quit leading people astray. That's silly wives' tales. Silliness. That's not what that means. And we get in trouble when we do that, don't we? That's what Job's miserable comforters come to him and they say, what'd you do? You done something for God to do this to you, didn't you?" No. Lord's going to show us Christ. That's the blessed man, isn't it? I'll tell you this too, separately. It's a grace of God he allows us to speak to him. This is a, a song that the church sang, but this is also a prayer, isn't it? Isn't how, I don't know how you pray, but <laughs> there's times I cry out to the Lord, so Lord, why is this happening? I say, Why me? I do, I'll just tell you plainly. Lord, why me? Why is this going on? And he doesn't kill me instantly. We'll see next hour, uh, Judah had two boys that died, Ur and Onan. And that one was wicked and the other one displeased God. He said, I was displeased with him. I mean, he's he's an eyesore and he killed both of them. The God of the Bible kills people. And what a grace it is. He doesn't strike me dead where I stand. And he's patient and long-suffering and gentle and kind and good and faithful. (laughs) I don't know what to pray like James told us, and if I do think I ask something, it's consumed on my lust, something that benefits me, isn't it? I want to win battles. I don't want to have people shaking their head at me. I want to be a good, respected man in this community. (laughs) Me, 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 isn't it? It takes another turn. We saw those first eight verses, just praise to the Lord, what he's done for us. The second eight verses, well, our belly aching because of what he's done to us. Isn't he good? Why don't we act like it? Why does he do that? Why do we lose the wars? Why do we have people wagging their heads at us? Why do we get so down? Why are we so, we felt like the Lord's mercies are clean gone from us forever. The Lord reveals himself marvelous once again, like he did Job. Look, verse 17. And this has come upon us. All this has come upon us. Yet have we not forgotten thee. Neither have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. Our heart is not turned back. Neither have our steps declined from thy way. I can read those verses and I'll just say, that's right. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I know the pain. I know the struggling. And then he says, we have not forgotten thee. We, we've we held up our end of the covenant. Oh, is that you? That ain't me. I can't say that. Our hearts has not turned back, neither our steps decline from thy way. I've walked in your paths. How does he say that? I can't say that. Who can say that? Who can say that on behalf of us? Wait a second. All this suffering, that's me looking to me. Is there somebody that might have suffered a little bit more than me on a cross at Calvary? And not just a Roman death, having nails drive through you having them put through your feet having the weight of sin put on them of an entire people an innumerable people and having the whole wrath of God poured out where the sun didn't shine for three hours and he turned his back on him a holy God turned his back on a holy God that bore my sin that was made me that was made you that's who he showed he can say that can't he over Matthew 3 if you want to turn there Matthew 3, a little word, one word makes a big difference. I always used to say and and or. If you have a checking account and on them checks it says and, it says Kevin and Kimberly Thacker, both have to sign it or the check's no good. But if it says or, she can sign it or I can sign it and the check's still good. Words make a difference, don't they? Look here in Matthew 3, verse 13. And then cometh Jesus from Galilee unto Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and thou comest to me. Lord, you need to baptize me. I don't need to baptize you. I know who you are. And Jesus answering and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. I dwelled on that a lot this week. What's the Lord doing? He said, suffer. Suffer. it. That means allow it and t- let it take place, but just you hold it. Bear it. Paul went three times, didn't he, in perfection. Lord, take this from me. Take this thorn out of my side. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. Suffer it. Hold on to it. You'll be all right. I'm with you. Suffer it to be so now, John, for thus it becometh me to fulfill all righteousness. Oh, no, it says us. Us it becometh, us. Isn't that what words been just streaming off throughout this psalm? Us, 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 us. I've been afflicted. So what? <laughs> That's nothing, compared to what he was afflicted with. That was the Holy God in human flesh walked this sin-cursed earth. They mocked him and they wagged their heads at him. They put a crown of thorn on his head and spit on him and plucked out his beard. That's the King that they did that to. Why they do? for us? For us. God turned us back on God. Why? Because we were in him. We were united. with That's called salvation, being united to a holy God. Isn't it? That's a person. It's not a systematic theology. It's not memorizing a bunch of scripture. It's not acting like good little church people. It's being made one with Christ. We'll see it next hour too. we got to have his name, his complete identity, or we're going to burn. We have to be made one with him. I can't do that. You're right. I can't either. He can. and you know what the first eight verses said? You've saved us. <laughs> That's why we're going to praise and glory him, not man. He said, Suffer it to be so now, verse 15, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom there ain't no other way you're going to make him happy in whom i'm well pleased us that's what i said to us somebody asked what time when was you baptized kevin i said about almost two thousand years ago as god sees it right well there's no sense in me confessing him now oh yes there is yes there is We have not strived against sin to blood, have we? Have we suffered that much? Have we dealt with these things, been tempted by Satan in person? No, but in him we have. In him we were victorious, wasn't it? All of the us's being persecuted, that was our king, and we were in him when he happened. Back in our text, verse 19. Psalm 44, verse 19. Though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons where the fire and the tearing apart is, that's where we were broken. We were tried in fire and covered us with the shadow of death. I haven't died yet in this body, have I? There's no more sin to worry about, no more condemnation. Death's lost its sting. Why I died in him. I was risen in him. That's where that, that leper, Lazarus the leper, was out there. And whenever he died, it said he was carried away to the bosom of Abraham. And that rich fellow was buried. And this old body's going to die and go on the ground. So what? Maybe it'll get burned up. Maybe it'll be in the ocean. I don't know where it's going to be. Might be at the bottom of the Atlantic. But that spirit's going to go to him. Verse 20 If we have forgotten the name of our God or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Christ is the only one and those in him that can say, Lord, judge me. Judge me. He was wholly perfect, and upright, wasn't he? And he knows the secrets of the heart. On the out, you can clean up outside the cup. People can talk right and, and smell right and look right and have a clean house, good, well-behaved children, and, and never drink, cuss, or chew or run with those that do. You can do all those things on the outside. God looks on the heart. He looks on the heart. That ought to be a comfort to us. It scares scares you to death in the first place. And then it's like, well, I don't even know me. You do. Lord, you know. That's what he told Simon, didn't it? Simon Peter. He said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said, yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said, feed my lambs. He said, a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said, yea, Lord, I know... Th- you know that I love you. He said, Feed my sheep. And he said the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said it the third time, Lovest thou me? I don't know. You do. <laughs> I think I love you. I don't even know what love is when I see your love, your long suffering. He was grieved. And he said unto him the third time, thou lovest me. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. If I love you, you know because you put that love in me. You're the one that did it. You know I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Verse 22, Psalm 44. Yea, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. That's what Paul is going to quote in Romans 8. Years after David, or whoever it was that penned this, puts a pen down in it. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it's written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. And he says, nay. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Through him and in him and by him. Isn't it? Awake. Verse 23. Why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. He never slumbers nor sleeps, does he? And I, you know the first thing I thought of when I read that? We come to the Lord, didn't we? His servants come to him in that boat, and it was swamped, <laughs> and the waves come over. It filled the boat up. They were tossed to and fro, and they went to him. He was in the back of the ship where it tosses the most. And they woke him up and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceases a great calm. And he said, Why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I've cried those things. Lord, you don't don't tarry. Hurry. Come to me now. Don't cast us off. Arise. Stand up for me. And right as I cry out, I said, He has. Eternal. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Verse 24, wherefore hidest thou thy face and forgettest our affliction and oppression? For our soul, why didn't he say souls? There in verse 25, one heart of one mind, of one accord, isn't it? We're one in him. For our soul is bowed to the dust and our belly cleaveth to the earth. I was so thankful to read that. It's not all the positive things I haven't done that get me the most. It's that I've, I haven't bowed as I ought to. That my belly hasn't just been sunk down to the earth as it ought to. In, in, in reverence or in, in begging sorrow or whatever it is. Begging mercy or wh- whatever the case may be. In him is my soul. It's our soul. Isn't it? Arise for our help and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. That's what he asked. That's the words of our Lord asked it. We ask it, he asked it, and then what he do? He did it. What's in that tomb over there? Ain't no bones. Ain't no body. He's risen. Why? He redeemed us. For what cause? Who gets glorified? For, for your mercy's sake. For your name's sake. I hope that was a blessing to you. Let's pray to you. Father, we can praise your name all the day long and speak of the wonderful grace you've had to us, for us, only because Christ has suffered for us. Lord, we're thankful you are just and holy. And we're thankful you've justified a people in your son. Arise, Lord. <laughs> Allow us this morning, if you'll please, to see Christ lifted up. Him is the one that's worthy. Him is the one that's the our Savior, that commands salvation. Him, the ones that preserve us to the end. Him being the only one that's faithful. Make us praise our King. Thank you for this time, Lord. Forgive us for what we are. It's because of Christ we ask Him. Amen. All right, we'll take about a 15 minute break and meet back at 1030.